You are listening to episode 83 of the Henshin Dad podcast, and in this episode, I talk about the Kotman Rider Zangetsu Gaim Gaiden stage play. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Henshin Dad podcast. I am Wes, and I am the Henshin Dad, and today I am following up on the uh, Toku Memories Kotman Rider Gaim episode I did earlier this week to discuss one little thing that I watched recently related to Kamen Rider Gaim, and that would be the uh, Kamen Rider, I believe, Zangetsu Gaim Gaiden special. Now, this special was a little bit different from the other Gaim Gaiden specials, which would be like, usually those are just like the direct-to-DVD continuations of the story, so there was a few of them that were released within a year or so of Gaim ending, which covered like I think Zangetsu got a special one, which where he got like a different type of melon arms. I believe what was his name? Zach from Team Baron got one, and a couple other people. And I think even Baron got one himself. So suffice to say, it was a pretty popular thing. But what they did, I think it was a year or two ago, is that they actually gave Zangetsu his own stage play which is different from the, you know, normal DVD specials that you would get, where it was like, it felt like a just a longer episode of the show, maybe a little bit more bloodier. They could get away with a little bit more mature content, quote-unquote, during those different things. But he actually got his own stage show, focusing on the fact that he had the Zangetsu, uh, what was that thing, the Kachidoki-looking suit where he had the flags are on it and everything. He got his own, like, Kachidoki form or styled form which was really cool. I really liked that and everything. And because it was a stage show, it was just really right up my alley because I really enjoy like stage and theater and everything. I've never really been like particularly good enough to act in one, despite, you know, auditioning for many. And I've been accepted a few times here and there, but timing and everything and responsibilities just never worked out. But the fact that they were able to get like a really cool stage play based on this one character was really neat to me. And the fact that they, I guess it basically takes place after the actual show so maybe a few spoilers here and there but it was really interesting how they went ahead and continued on with the story in this way is it completely pointless to the narrative oh yeah totally absolutely pointless you do not need to watch this whatsoever to get a better idea of the characters it may not even be like quote unquote canon if that's how you want to see it but for me it was really cool because what this stage play showed me very similarly to common writer decade and the idea of the alternate universe writers and characters and everything, that's really how this stage play felt like it was formed after. Let me explain a little bit. So you have Zangetsu, the character, uh, Takatora, who is like the only character from the show, I believe, that was actually like in the stage play. Everyone else was not actually, like all the other characters in the stage play were not actually in the show proper or any of the specials or anything. So he travels to a different country where there was like another like Zawame city, uh, whatever that big giant tower that they have going on there and the project that they were working on with the common Rider belts. I cannot properly remember the name of it, but apparently they like held their own like uh, scientific inquiry about how the belts work and how it connected to Helheim in this area, this different country. I think it was set in Europe, even though everybody was Japanese, but I digress. That's kind of how it works. So, it basically presented like an alternate retelling, honestly, of Gaim itself within like two hours. Because you have all these different characters playing the same, playing these writers with similar sounding names, similar motivations, but different characters. So, like, you see the Durian writer 
Oren, I believe his name was in the original and everything, but he's, uh, what was his name? Kamen Rider, I, I don't remember. The Durian Rider, you, you see him, but it's not the same guy from the show. It's played by someone who has a similar personality, probably a bit too much and over the top and a little bit insulting, honestly, in my opinion. But you saw him there. You saw a guy that basically functioned as Gaim, whose name was I'm, I guess. And he pretty much had the same personality as Kota from the show. But this really reminded me of like the alternate universe worlds from Kamen Rider Decade, where Decade would go to a different world, and the main writer and the main story of the writer was in this world, but they were played by, like, different actors most of the time, and the story was just tweaked ever so slightly to give you, like, shades of the original story, but different. Kind of like how in the Fies world, for example, like, all the characters were in a smart brain school, and they had the same character names. They even had Fies as a writer and the secret about Fies and everything, like the big plot twist with Fies actually happened in this AU world. I won't spoil it here. But you actually saw it like condensed within a one or two episode uh, two-parter, basically. So I thought that was really cool. Like this basically functioned as like the AU world to Gaim, which we never saw anything past Decade. I know that they did some like magazine stories and everything of like Decade visiting different alternate universe worlds. So like the world of Stronger, for example. And I just thought that was really cool. Like, I, I don't think that was necessarily intended, but like all the characters and using these different suits and everything and they, them being functionally different characters with similar like personalities and motivations and everything and character arcs, honestly, I thought that was really cool. And you see it played out and it's like, this is basically a retelling of Gaim. And that was really, like, it was neat. It, depending on what you think of Gaim, it may have actually made the story better. Because I know there's a lot of people that don't like it. So if you don't like Gaim, this might actually be something you want to watch to see if they can kind of salvage any, like, good parts of it. Takatora remained the same, and he gets a cool transformation and everything at the end. And I, I gotta say, like, the, the special effects that they used in the stage show were really actually pretty good to me. Like, they would bring these screens down and show you different, like, CG things going on with the suits and everything and obviously they would dim the lights when the character is actually transforming to get the pseudo actor out there actually in the hominider suit and everything and it was just really neat how they were able to implement so many like specially effect type stuff onto the actual life stage i know there was probably some like editing afterwards that made it look a little bit better but i gotta say i was pretty engrossed with it i mean there were some times where it was like super like strobe light flashing effects and that was a little bit hard on the eyes but other than that like it was really neat how they were able to basically emulate the types of transformations that you would see on the actual screen. So that's pretty much all I have to say about this. It was definitely a worthy watch, and I think you should go, like, check it out if you are interested, and if you think that Takatora is, like, one of the coolest-looking writers ever with his Zangetsu suit and everything, and this, like, Kachidoki Zangetsu-style suit. That was really cool. So <laughs> if you want to look at that, that would be probably up your alley. And again, if you don't like Gaim, this might actually redeem parts of it for you. Maybe it better explains the message a little bit. Maybe it was their way of seeing that, it, seeing it like maybe doing like a redo of some sort in, you know, response to some of the criticism. Or maybe they doubled down and said, nope, your criticism is worthless to me. I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about it like too much to know whether or not that was the situation. So anyway, if you watched it, let me know what you think about it. And yeah, just uh, tell me what you thought, whether you hated it, whether you loved it. Whatever, you know, totally open to any kind of criticism or messages to me. Yes, I know, I, I do enjoy Gaim. You can listen to the previous episode about that and exactly why I do. So if you have any, like, 
criticism of me because of that, feel free to let me know if you have any compliments for me. Thank you. I could always use those. My uh, self-esteem is getting lower and lower each day. So anyway, thank you for listening and I'll catch you later. Complete. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hench and Dad podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please rate, review, subscribe, whatever it is you do on your podcast platform of choice. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. If you would like to contact me, you can reach me by email at henchandad at gmail.com or on Twitter at henchandad. The Hench and Dad podcast is proud to be part of the Playwell Network, your source for intentional entertainment. Some of the other podcasts in this network include The Backlog Breakdown, which focuses on playing the best games on your backlog while not breaking the bank account on the new and shiny, The Retro Station, a show devoted to more retro and nerdy topics than you can shake a stick at, and Tales from the Rusty Speeder, an interactive actual play Star Wars RPG podcast that seeks to tell an awesome Star Wars story. Once again, thank you for listening, and until next time... Cast off.